And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Lindsey Brown and your boy Q got with you with one more hour. Question that we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r is what or who is a draft prospect that you got your eye on that may be flying a bit under the radar? Last year for me, Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, Fedarian Mathis out of Alabama, Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Woolen went in the fifth round. Uh, Mathis went in the second round. Bryant went in the fourth round. This year for me, Emmanuel Forbes is at the top of my list, the young man from Mississippi State who we did a deep dive on earlier in the show. Our next guest will probably have a couple guys flying under the radar that he's got his eye on, and that's my good friend. I like to call him my brother. James Arcelana, we did the Black Hole Banter podcast together. You can find him on Twitter at Oakland Above All. And James, how are you doing this draft season, brother? Man, I'm living large. This feels like one of the most exciting drafts we've had in a while, so I'm super hyped for it. And, of course, man, thank you for having me on. It's always good to talk Raiders football with you. Absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing is, man, the draft season, I feel like, is always something that makes Raider Nation super pumped up and excited but nervous at the same time because of well-passed results. So where are you? You mentioned being pumped up, but do you have a little bit of nervousness to you as well? Oh, absolutely. You wouldn't be a real diehard Raiders fan if you weren't a little bit scared about what might happen in the draft. I mean, you know, through multiple multiple GMs, multiple choice makers, the Raiders have consistently done some crazy things at the top of the draft. I really don't think that's going to happen this year. I think Ziegler is going to be a lot more in line with, with uh, the rest of the league and, and pundits on how they view these guys. So I don't think we're going to get a crazy reach. But you never know, man. It's the Raiders. Anything is possible. No, it is. Anything is possible. And for the first time in a long time, James, even going back to when we started the podcast, the Black Hole Banter podcast, the Raiders need a quarterback, right? I mean, of course they have Jimmy G, but we know the reality is that he's a he's a couple-year guy at best. They need a young quarterback. They've always had one, uh, their solid starter, since we've uh, known each other. So uh, as far as the quarterback position, how do you think they address it? How early do you think that they may address that position this year? Yeah, so, you know, based on your reporting, it sounds like they're really only interested in Young and Stroud as far as the top quarterbacks go. So if one of those two guys fall past the top two picks, and the Raiders have the ammunition to do it, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move up to three to try to grab one of them. Um, otherwise, I think there's a good chance the Raiders kind of slow play quarterback. I, I know a lot of fans aren't going to love to hear that. I personally didn't love coming to terms with that idea. Um, <laughs> but I think that they're going to try to build a team that they can put a, a quarterback into. I think they stockpiled picks this year, and they could use some of those to gain capital for a trade-up next year where the quarterback class is supposed to be a lot better up top. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if we don't see a quarterback taken until mid to late rounds and they focus on defense in the early rounds. How interested, if at all, are you in Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson? He seems like he's the big wild card here. I love me some Anthony Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, look, you're talking about the most important position, not just in football, in any sport. There's no sport that has this much importance, to, uh, you know, attached to it. And so – We've seen over the years what an elite electric quarterback can do. I love Young and Stroud. They're both great quarterbacks. Neither of them have the upside of Richardson. So when you're talking about going after a position like that, why not swing for the fences with a guy who is just insanely athletic, has all kinds of skills. And, you know, I hear the Jamarcus Russell comps. I hear these kinds of comps that make no sense to me. He's not Jamarcus Russell. He has some accuracy issues, but he's a smarter player. He's a harder worker. You know, some of the things he does pre-snap are really important. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're the same comparison at all. He's got some work to do, absolutely, but the upside, my goodness. 
No, you're right. And I'll tell you right now, James, I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I was I was really nervous about him early in the process because he had the big arm. He's the big athletic dude. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to say, well, the guy could throw the ball 60 or 70 yards on a dime, and that is very Jamarcus Russell-like. But doing my research, I mean, I, I realize he's very intelligent. His work ethic is insane. So there is no doubt there's an Anthony Richardson on my shoulder right now that's saying, Yes, yes, he's the pick. He's the pick, right? Even though my brain tells me, my smart brain tells me that they need to go ahead and get defensive guys. But there's a little part of me, James, that's pretty tempted to say, pull the trigger on Anthony Richardson if you can go get him. I mean, absolutely, because it's it's one of those things with the lottery ticket, right? If you hit with Anthony Richardson, it doesn't matter a whole lot what else you do in the draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you hit with that pick, if he turns out to be what I think he could be, it really doesn't matter. You're going to find players to put around him, right? So, you know, I don't think the Raiders are looking at that way, and I don't think they're 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 going to be taking him. But from my perspective, I would love to see them take him. James Arcelana is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So you, every single year, for the most part, put out this draft guide that is exclusive for Raider fans. And what I mean by that is it pertains to the Raiders, their needs, where they would fit with the coaches that they have. I mean, there's a lot that goes into what you do. So you have your guide out now. Give us a little bit of a rundown of, of what to expect from the guide. Yeah, man, like we talked earlier, uh, draft season tends to be a big deal for Raiders fans. We, we have struggled to be relevant for, for decades now, and so the draft is kind of our time to shine, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's kind of where this came from. I used to spend incredible amounts of time putting together all these notes for myself, and I figured, you know, we had the podcast, had a blog, why not try to share it with people? So I started putting my notes into a more readable format and, and you know, a little bit prettier um, and so basically what I do is I, I list some pros, some cons, and then a little description of why I think the player either fits for the Raiders or doesn't fit for the Raiders. You know, I'll talk about location in the draft, value in the draft, and everything, like you said, is catered to the Raiders, right? So I'm looking at players that fit the needs of the Raiders, and I'm discussing them in terms of why they might fit with the Raiders schematically, why they might fit with the Raiders based on the other players. Uh, and then also where they might be taken and whether or not I think the Raiders should be going after them at that spot. So, you know, we cover 80 players, nine different position groups, um, lots of stuff, and, and it's just kind of a fun thing to have around on draft day. So if there is a name called that you don't recognize, maybe it's in the guide and you take a little quick look at what it means for the Raiders. You know, and so as you're going through these, and the show topic today was about guys flying under the radar, is there a player or two that you looked at that you even have documented in that guide that you think – this guy fits with the Raiders. That's fit with what they're looking for, but he's flying on the radar, and no one's really talking about him. Is there a couple of those guys you got? So I thought I had a one, but but you're talking about Emmanuel Forbes already, so maybe he's not that under the radar because that's <laughs> one of my one of my big guys. Great I mean, minds think alike, James. Great minds think alike. <laughs> I'm saying, man, he he really excites me. I know there's a size loss, but I think he can put on weight at the next level. And you can't. One of the most important things for lots of positions, but when you're talking about guys on defense is instincts, right? Your ability to read the field, to understand what's going on, and then predict what's going to happen. The guy picked off passes like it was his job. He was just constantly, constantly making production with the ball. And so that kind of thing, that's not something you teach, right? That's a natural gift. This is something that you can't teach other corners. And so that kind of natural ball hawk who creates turnovers, the Raiders defense has been desperate for someone like that for years. Um, so, you know, for me, I get the size knock, but my goodness, the production in college, 
hard not to get really excited about that given given the Raiders' past. 14 interceptions, six return for touchdowns in college at uh, six foot one and 166 pounds is very, very impressive. Again, James Arcelano is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. He's got his draft guide out right now. We'll tell you how to get it after uh, we wrap up with James, but he's got it out right now exclusively for Raider Nation. It's a bunch of guys that fit in with what the Raiders want to do. So as far as cornerbacks, we'll stick with those guys. Uh, Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon, which one do you have as the ideal corner for the Raiders if they were to go to that that direction early on? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Gonzalez. I like Witherspoon, don't get me wrong. If the Raiders were to take him at seven, I'd be perfectly fine with it. Uh, when you're when you're talking about the difference between the two, I think you're nitpicking, right? But I think you can nitpick Witherspoon a little bit more than you can nitpick Gonzalez. Um, his size and his speed are not elite, whereas with Gonzalez, all of the, all that stuff is elite, right? You're talking about top-tier athleticism. You're talking about everything you need to get to the level of being a, a great corner. So I, I, it's nitpicky, the difference, in my opinion. Both guys I'd be very happy with. Um, but, but for me, I lean slightly towards Gonzalez. And if you don't mind, we sidetrack real quick. I have one other sleeper name. That oh, I'd yeah. Like to Give it to me. Give it to me. Come on now. You're just not pounding the table. Normally, you'd be pounding the table saying, wait, hold on, shut up, Q, damn it. <laughs> As that, that table is unfortunately no longer with me anymore, so I don't pound on it. But okay. uh, nonetheless, so defensive end, I, a lot of people are talking about how great this draft is defensive end, and it's true. But there's a lot of guys at the top of the class that I don't really love that much. And one guy who I'm seeing being projected in the third round and maybe even the fourth round, and I don't understand it, and that's too Lee and I'm going to butcher this, and I apologize to the young man ahead of time, but Tui, Tui, Tui Pulotu from USC. Mm-hmm. The guy to me looks like a starter day one with upside to be a great three-down edge. Um, you know, for me, this is a guy who has insane strength and the potential to add weight and strength at the next level. He's already a guy who can push the pocket and cause some disruption in the backfield, and he doesn't even have a lot of other defensive moves yet. So if he... He's already a guy who makes an impact in day one in my book, and he has this potential to get better both by adding strength and by adding ta- technique and pass rush moves to his, to his arsenal. If he can do those two things, this guy feels like an absolute beast to me. And, and so personally, if he gets all the way to the third round, that feels like a steal to me. So he's a guy that I'm absolutely watching for the Raiders. There you go. Tuli T. Tui Poluto. Yeah, Tuli Tui Peloto. That's how we're going to say it right now. Matter of fact, checking out uh, sportsinfosolutions.com. They have him ranked uh, as the 10th best edge rusher. They gave him a 6.6 grade, which right around 7 is is right where you want to be, like a real good starter. He's only he's a three-year sophomore, six foot three, 266 pounds. So uh, that's definitely a guy to keep their eye on. And, and because they're in Las Vegas, they'll be able to bring him in for a local day, right? I mean, he's basically in the local mm-hmm. vicinity. They'll be able to bring him in for one of the top 30 visits, but he'll be a local. So that's a really good one to keep your eye on and and James what about as we're talking about edge rushers now how about Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech again he's not flying under the radar he's going to go early probably top 10 but what are your thoughts on on Tyree Wilson top 10 feels too high to me and that's primarily and this is a little bit unfair of me right but when you're looking at edge rusher and you're looking at a top 10 pick there's two things for me that are really important right that's bendiness and then athleticism if you're looking at a guy like that, you're looking at him that high because of their ability to impact the play, right? We talked already about the importance of quarterback. Well, on the flip side, one of the most important uh, positions on the defensive side of the ball is the pass rusher because they have the ability to impact that most important person on the offensive side of the ball, right? A, a good pass rusher helps secondary play better, helps linebackers play better. They make everyone on defense play better. 
So that's what you're looking for when you're looking at a, at a pick that high. And, and, you know, Terry's got these crazy long arms, mm-hmm. really good size, lots of reasons to be excited about him, but he doesn't have those two things that I'm always looking for if you're talking about a top-tier high draft pick. So for me, it's a little bit too rich for my blood. I've heard people compare him to Cleveland Farrell. I think that's a little unfair. I don't think he's Farrell, but I do understand the comparison because for a pick that high, I want bendiness and I want athleticism. All right, so I got to ask you this one. This has been the big kind of controversial guy, and I say controversial very loosely, but uh, Jalen Carter, all right? I was at the Combine in Indy when he left and came back, and we know about all the -the off-the-field issues. There's also situations where maybe he doesn't go all the time. Maybe he takes a few plays off here and there, but arguably the best player in the draft on the defensive side of things. What are your thoughts on Jalen Carter? I love me some Jalen Carter. Look, I understand all the -the off-the-field stuff. A couple things to remember here. Number one, the legal process has ended, right? right? This isn't like with DJ Hayden. Um, I'm not sorry, not DJ Hayden. Excuse me. Um, I'm forgetting the the cornerback from Ohio. Oh, Gary on Conley. Yeah, Conley. Excuse me. So it's not like Conley where we're not sure what's going to happen, right? We know the legal process has, has run its route. We know he's not going to miss time because of that. So then you look at the other stuff, the intangible stuff. Is he going to be a, a a problem child off the field? He's a kid, man. One of us didn't speed and do stupid stuff as kids, right? So he made a mistake, absolutely. It had severe repercussions, absolutely. I haven't heard anything about drug use or alcohol. He was speeding. He made a mistake. Terrible repercussions. He's going to remember that the rest of his life. But it's not something that scares me away from taking him. The only thing that scares me away from taking him is what happened at his pro day. You know, personally, I think that more has more to do with bad advice from people in his camp telling him to go through with the pro day than anything else. But when a guy shows up to a pro day out of shape, unable to complete his drills, and then you talk about some people already felt like maybe he had a little bit of a knock in his work ethic heading into this, that's a reason to be a little bit concerned. Now, is that something that, that is a concern that would make me not take him at number seven? Absolutely not. I would have <laughs> taken him at one or two with that concern. So if you were to fall to seven, that's a steal to me. You put him on that line with Max Crosby, that whole defense looks better. So I, I am all for Jalen Carter if he falls to seven. Again, James Arcelotta is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking all things Raiders draft as it's coming up at the end of April. That's April 27th, the first round in Kansas City. And Raider Nation Radio 920 will definitely be there live on the scene. So as far as the Raiders' approach to this draft, I mean, what did you think all in all? I know it's only a one-year sample size, and they didn't start till the third round last year. But what did you think of the job that Dave Ziegler did with limited draft capital a season ago? I mean, I think there's reason for hope. Yeah, it's hard to tell, right? It's only mm-hmm. one year. These guys who I think are good now could be bad. Guys who I think are bad could be good, right? right. So there's a lot of time left to tell, but I think that they got a, a starter in farm, right, and a starter who could potentially start at two different positions on the offensive line, center or guard. Um, so that's great value for a third rounder. I think in the seventh round, they got um, Munford, who, who I think could develop into maybe at worst a, a, a good solid swing tackle backup and at best a solid starter. That's great value for the seventh round, right? right. Um, the running backs didn't show anything last year, but they didn't really get a chance to because Josh Jacobs was so good. Um, Butler and Farrell are, are, are fine. I think Farrell has more upside than Butler. Um, so a lot of those guys I'm, I'm not really sure on, but I think alone, talking about Parham and Munford, those are reasons to be excited about it because those are two guys that I think they got great value out of. 
Right. I agree. I agree 100%. I'm excited to see what Dave Ziegler can do with 12 draft picks. Because as we all know, you don't need 12, so they can really navigate and kind of pinpoint some guys that they may be targeting. And I keep going back, James, to when Matt Rule took over the Carolina Panthers and every one of their draft picks was on the defensive side of things. Now, we know that they need to address the quarterback position at some point, so I don't think it'll be 100% on the defensive side of things, but I would have no problem if they came out of the draft with like nine draft picks and like seven of them were, uh, were, were on the defensive side. Absolutely. I, I would be okay if all of them were on the defensive side, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, I think that there's just such a huge need there. That's the, the, the most effective way to kind of create a big impact. And also, I think this draft has a ton of really good players at positions that they need. Other than linebacker and safety, you know, corner, defensive tackle, defensive end, all kinds of talent out there for the Raiders to get. Um, so, you know, the, the one thing that – so I think there are two positions that I think the Raiders – there's a good reason for them to try to take someone in this draft, right? That's that's quarterback for reasons we've discussed, mm-hmm. and two positions of offense, right? And then offensive line, right? right? Um, for me, what I would love to see them do is is kind of budget and try to, to upgrade two positions at the same time, and that's by grabbing a tight end by the name of Darnell Washington. He, he might go higher than I would than than I would like to see them spend on him, but you're basically getting an offensive lineman and a tight end at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting a guy who's a beast. It can block like a mother, but it can also get out there and run routes. I mean, he showed he showed this um, in the lead up to the draft. He's more athletic than a lot of people thought. He can get out there and make a difference in the passing game. So if they're going to be limiting how many offensive picks they take, he's a guy that I would love to see if the price is right. If he's going in the late first, early second, I don't know. But if he falls in late second, that's one of those maneuver trade areas that, that you were talking about that makes sense for me. And again, you're essentially getting an extra offensive lineman and a tight end of the future. So for me, he's a guy that I would love to see them target on offense. No, you're right. And I've been talking about Darnell Washington for a little while now. He's actually a Las Vegas native. I mean, he's a guy that would be right at home here. And uh, I mean, the guy, like you mentioned, with his athleticism, dude's hurtling over people at Georgia, right? I mean, he's just, he's <laughs> leaping them. <laughs> so he's uh, he's got a little something, something to him. Well, uh, fantastic stuff, my man. Uh, any other player that you want to you, you wanna talk about that maybe, you know, that you're, you're looking at that you're thinking that would be a really good Raider that we haven't talked about yet? You know, there's a lot of guys who I think would be really good. The one I would mention off top is I, I said safety is kind of a weak class. There's one guy who I think makes a ton of sense for the Raiders, and that's J.L. Skinner. Mm. I think he's going to be taken in a round that makes sense for them to, to spend the capital there, which is probably like fourth round or so. I also think he just fits really nicely with Trayvon Merrig. He His style complements Merrig's. I think they want to give Merrig a chance to prove himself and, and um, show that he is the free safety of this team moving forward. And I think Skinner is a nice guy who, who can play really well in the box, who isn't a liability in coverage. He's not one of these old-school box safety that's a liability in coverage. Right? He can do a little coverage too. Um, and so he just complements really nicely what, what Merrig offers, and he's going to be someone you can get fourth, maybe even fifth round, so you get really good value out of it. There you go. I like it. Well, well Skinner and, and other uh, players, 79 others, are in James's draft guide that's out right now that's exclusive for the Raiders. So if you want to get up to know on everything that would be a, a player that, that would look good in the silver and black and that James thinks fits with the Raiders, definitely get his draft guide. So, James, how do you get the draft guide? Where is it available? And, and last I checked, it was, what, five bucks? Yes, sir. So it's five dollars. You can um, so, so on uh, on Twitter at Open Above All. Uh, my pin tweet has all of my various payment methods: Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. Shoot me the five dollars. Include your email address, and I will send you a guide. 
Boom. Just like that. It's so simple. And I'm going to get a couple of them and maybe give a couple out here on Radio Nation Radio 920. But I definitely encourage you to go get it. A lot of work was put into it. James does a great job each and every year that he puts it together. And it's really a treat to have something exclusive for Raider Nation. Well, James, man, it's always great to catch up with you. We got to do it more often. Uh, Keep up the great work and we'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Always happy to be on. Really appreciate the time and go Raiders. Yes, sir. There he goes. That's my guy, my brother, James Arcelana, Black Hole Banter. We did the podcast together, created it together. He was the brainchild. I was just a guy that talked, right? He was the brainchild. He made it all work and uh, we made it work together. Uh, Really good dude right there. Uh, Oakland through and through and he's got his own draft guide out that is exclusive for the silver and black. So I definitely encourage everyone to go check it out again. Look on his Twitter at Oakland above all, and you can find the link right there. Five bucks. That's nothing. Lindsay, I couldn't tell you how much money I spend on draft guides every year. I mean, I I spend plenty of money on draft guides, which there's no reason for it because I only, I study them from maybe right now to the draft and probably about eh, a month or two afterwards. Sure. And then they just sit there. And then the wife says, Hey, what you going to do with these? Uh, I'm going to get with them a little bit later. She's like, yeah, sure you are. Yeah. The last thing I tossed $5 in to, as a, as more, le- much less of an investment. I bought, like, fake gold to play more Diner Dash. I don't need that <laughs> in my life. First time I did that in years last week, Q, I'm like, what's happening? I am devolving. I'm done. I'm done. I need to get on some draft guys. You got to send those to me. But now I know where to find them. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Again, Oakland above all on Twitter. Check them out. There's my guy, James Arcelana. Get his draft guide. It's out there. It's only five bucks. And it's something that you'll really want on draft day. If all of a sudden that name, Dylan Parham, comes up and maybe Dylan Parham wasn't on your radar, boom. You flip through it, find it, and then, boom, you get a nice little, uh, you know, nice little rundown on what Dylan Parham brings to the table. 421 is the time. Many thanks to James. Definitely appreciate him. Uh, the rest of the way, we don't have any guests, so it's all about you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. I do have more sounds from Todd McShay on the way as well. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to my guy, James Arcelana. We did the Black Hole Banter podcast together it's really how everything got started for me did the black hole banter podcast while i was in texas david Locke from the locked on podcast network sent me a dm no joke Lindsay. this is how things happen he sent me a dm how it goes he sent me a dm i tell i tell people all the time that i've never got a job that i really applied for outside of this one and i knew people here when i got this job anyway so there was that but i was doing the podcast it was just it wasn't anything that we were getting paid for we were just doing it for the S of it, right? Just because right. we just wanted to, just because it was fun. And David Locke sent me a DM one day and was like, hey, um, are you interested in doing this Lockdown Raiders podcast? And to be honest, I was like, eh, not really. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, I don't really need more work to do. And, and I remember I, I came here one summer because uh, my mom lived here. And I came here and I said, yeah, mom, I'm thinking about doing this this other podcast. And I'll do, you know, I'll do both. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ah. What? And I was like, it's every day, though. So it might be a little bit too much work or whatever. I don't know. So I, I just I didn't do it. I didn't do it for the longest. And all of a sudden he he sent me another message. And he's like, hey, I thought you would have got started by now. And I was like, I don't really know if I even want to do it. And then I started doing it. And Sometimes it's just about making a wish, taking a chance and making a change and yep. breaking away just like Kelly Clarkson taught us. Uh, I guess I didn't know Kelly Clarkson taught us that. That's but okay. main lyric line from her uh, classic track, Breakaway. Yeah. You don't know Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson? No, I know. I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. I'll do what it takes till I touch the sky. That one? No. No, I don't know that one. 
Pretty sure it was in Princess Diaries especially one, too. Especially, okay, because that's the one. I mean, because I was watching how that. How could you deny a, a classic film such as uh, PD Two? Yeah, that that sounds like a mixtape, right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty hey, good, man, pretty good one. hey man, hey man, hey, bring me that PD Two. PD Two, drop PD Two. <laughs> oh my god! The mixtape PD Two. It's the remix. Unbelievable! I didn't know that the show was going to feature Lindsey Brown singing, but there you go. Get you're your welcome, best. America. Hey, I'm not mad at you, man. Hey, look, if if you're feeling froggy, go on a leap. See, this is the great thing because when I try to sing on the press box, Jared right. turns me down. Really? Yeah, and I was just like, I'm not going to bring this creative energy in here anymore. If you Sounds keep like doing that to me, sounds like a hater to me. I, that's one way you can define it. <laughs> well, I mean, he is Jared with an E. Facts. I mean, there's misguided from birth. Right. <laughs> He's our guy. How can we trust him? Right, exactly. No doubt about it. But we can trust you, Raider Nation. Definitely trust you at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Want to know a draft prospect that you have on your mind, someone that you got in your eye that you feel like has been flying a little bit under the radar. We've had a lot of great, great response today. We definitely appreciate that. Again, you can hit us up. You can call us, or you can hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, or you can even send us a tweet, and uh, tweets are always welcome. As a matter of fact, I got a really good one from Aaron. Aaron hit us up earlier and said, Q, my under-the-radar guy is Julius Brents out of Kansas State. Big athletic guy with long arms. He had a formal visit with the Raiders at the Combine as a Bradbury-type guy, so he should fit into the Patrick Graham defense. I think no one's talking about him because he ran a 4-5-40, so he might be available in later rounds. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's a good one right there from uh, Aaron. Definitely appreciate that tweet, my man. And, yeah, that, those K-State cats – those K-State cats got a little something-something, right? Those K-State, little zip. They do, no, they do. Because the disrespect that they get in their state. They know, yeah, they never, they never really are the guys that people are talking about because right. it's K-State, right? It's not Kansas. And even in football, it's not like – They got great colors, too. They got purple. They're a really well-coached team, yep. kind of no matter who is their coach. Like Bill Snyder obviously is the wizard, right? I mean, right. he was the guy. Bill Snyder did some great things. But they still always seem like they're that program where you're either a little too short – you're not quite fast enough. You're not. It's always like there's some yeah, slight imperfection. Find the kids that were told no, and right. let's see how they turn out when we tell them yes. Exactly. Exactly. It's usually a so, pretty good factory uh, blueprint to no pull off from. No doubt. So I, I like I like the K State Cats. Uh, I seen a lot of them when I was covering the Big Twelve like a glove. But let's go out to the phone line seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. As I mentioned, we do have some Todd McShay sound. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to talk a little Drew Sanders or he'll hear hear some sound from him talking about Drew Sanders after we hear from who's up. Uh, Elliot. Elliot. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Chilling. Uh, hey, I have no football talk. I just heard some Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Is that uh, what got you? bring the people you, to you gotta learn the frequency. Yourself, man. She has some bangers. Oh. Go, go listen to some Kelly Clarkson, bro. Man, if uh, I, if, look, I hold on, man. If I come in here tomorrow and was like, hey, what were you doing at the house last night, Q? I was bumping Kelly Clarkson. Then y'all would look at me a little sideways. No. No, no, no. Kind of no. sort of art you are, you Elliot is as well. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> have a good one, guys. I right, appreciate you. Like, Elliot really did. all he wanted. He really I love that. I love that. Can we, uh, we're going to have to cut that up for a promo. D- really? I, I think so. Which one? You saying Kelly Clarkson I, I or him referencing Kelly Clarkson? I think we could probably mash it up. We could do some some editing witchcraft, you know, cut some audio. I've learned some things since joining the the team here at Lotus Broadcasting. Well, I'll tell you right now, you just put a bunch of words together. You <laughs> said we can cut up some I learned some things. We can do some kind of editing witchcraft and I've learned, <laughs> Wait, hold on, man. 
It's a shallow fake, as they call it in the business. I, I, I guess. I guess. All I know is that you belted out someone. Wasn't she like on American Idol or something? Yeah, she was, she was the first winner of American Idol. Now she's America's sweetheart. She has a great midday show. What I time think does she's that on show The start? Voice, what probably 4 p.m. Okay, guess who's on the air at that time? It's a battle royale. I mean, look. And, and, and Elliot called in to Kelly join Clarkson, us. Kelly Clarkson or Unnecessary Roughness. I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm think- just saying. I feel like she's about to get something big, named for something big soon. I can't remember what it is. I'll have to think really hard on it. But she's a classic. She's an American hero. Is she? She I'm, is. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave all that alone because I don't want to go the wrong. There's direction. lots of shades of heroism in this uh, <laughs> fine land that we call our home. Q. Apparently, apparently that that's uh, awesome. I love it. <laughs> that's I, I, awesome. I love it in such a weird type way. I love it in such a weird type way. Talking about guys flying under the radar. How about Oregon linebacker Noel Sewell? How about that guy? How about that guy? How about six one and a half, two hundred forty six pounds with a thirty one and five eighth inch arm, ten inch hands. Production score sixty seven, which is uh, good for twelfth at the combine. Athletic score seventy five. Total score seventy two. And I'll tell you, and I, I I used to say I said this a few years back, and I say few, maybe five or six years back, and I feel like. Maybe everyone at Oregon heard me because I said, well, it's not like Oregon's really known for their defensive players, right? Yeah. And, and they do. They have a handful of Oregon defensive players that are studs, right? There's been guys in the league sure. that have been really good from Oregon. But not but, like crops. But it's not like when you think Oregon, you immediately think of a defensive player. But they're right. starting to come up with some dudes, right? Yeah. And, and Christian Gonzalez is one that we're talking about. I know he's a transfer from Colorado, but they're starting to come up with some really – Real big dudes that are that are coming out of Oregon, so that's not that's it's not kind of like spot. Alabama quarterbacks, right? They were getting no respect when when AJ McCarron was coming out, right. and and now they you know you have the Jalen Hurts product, you ha- you have the big guy that's coming out this year, and you know there's ebbs and flows to recruiting classes, and sometimes it's like we need to get better in this area, right. and then they get not only better, they get best. Right, right. So I do like that. That was a good suggestion right there, Noah Sewell, linebacker out of Oregon, and again, I'm mean, at one point in my life, I promise you, I would have said, ah, oh, Oregon defensive player, that's eh, not a big deal, yeah. right? Now, of course, I know they've had some right don't get me wrong because there's there's some real quality dudes but it just wasn't the first thing on your mind when you think Oregon players but that guy can absolutely go speaking of going we had a Fargo Raider call us earlier today and he was talking about Drew Sanders out of Arkansas that was a guy that at one point was at Alabama then he transfers to Arkansas and he just goes and wrecks shop well we know the outside linebacker that position in the upcoming draft is not real, real deep. So Todd McShay, as I was on the draft call yesterday, he was asked that if he agreed that the outside linebacker class is pretty weak and where would he consider Drew Sanders at Arkansas as a reasonable fit? How about 25 overall with the Giants? I would agree. You know, I, I think the position in general, um, I don't want to say it's been devalued, but you just you don't see a lot of first-round picks. And typically when you do, it's later in the first. Um, but I, to me, like, Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, Trenton Simpson, and um, and Henley from Washington State. <laughs> I don't want to say clear cut, but in my mind, those are the top four guys. And it won't surprise me if, if none of them go in the first. Drew Sanders and, and Jack Campbell probably are the most likely go in the first. I keep hearing Buffalo with Jack Campbell, their connection with Iowa and, and some other connections there. But um, Drew Sanders, you know, Drew's a unique player because he's he's got the length that you look for, 6'4", 235, 32-plus inch arms. Um, he's He's got the athleticism that you look for. He's got, he's got the ability to stand up and, and rush off the edge and also blitz from the inside. So he brings a lot of versatility. Um, you know, 
to me, is he an elite player? I don't, I don't know that he's at that level, but he's got the traits to continue to get better. And, and teams are always looking for the long guys, rangy guys who can bring versatility and, and, and bring and provide value on, on third downs or on passing downs. And he does that. He, he's okay in coverage, but he's a, he's a really good pass rusher. And, and the fact that you can play him inside or outside as a rusher gives you, gives you scheme versatility. And, and the length that you look for to make it tough to throw around, like Tremaine Edwards or Edmonds, I should say, that is, is somewhat of a solid comp, I think. Just the length, the traits, you know, had flashes in, in college, you know, he was kind of a one-year star. Tremaine Edwards or Edmonds was, um, you know, kind of up and down, but he kind of looked like a better pro prospect than maybe the production always indicated. So I think he, he's got a chance late first, but probably more likely, likely in the second. And those other three guys I mentioned, I think are all in that second round range as well. There you go. Todd McShay from ESPN, just talking about the outside linebackers and you heard him rattle off a few. And then was also talking about Drew Sanders right there. Wanted to let that uh, be heard since Fargo Raider called in earlier with that one. I also wanted to get another one. And this one, Lindsay is on the defensive side of things and I'm probably going out of order here, Mm -hmm. but this one has to do with the edge rushers. It's a D O O four. If we're doing production on the, on the air live, which we do, because that's how it goes. But uh, because we've been talking about guys flying under the radar, we've been talking about edge rushers and do you go grab one at number seven? Do you wait? Do you know? So these are guys that Todd McShay is talking about that could be had outside of round one when you're looking at the edge rusher position. Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's a good question. I, I, I don't, I don't want to bore you with a bunch of names in the like late rounds, but I think like third, fourth round, there are some guys that, that could be really good values. Like Nick Herbig, from Wisconsin, highly productive pass rusher. He's just undersized. And so where do you play him? Do you play him off the, off the ball linebacker and use, utilize him as an edge or a blitzer on passing downs? Uh, but he's a guy who just knows how to get to the quarterback. Um, Yasir Abdullah from Louisville is another guy who's, who's an edge rusher that I think brings, brings a lot of value. Um, just looking at uh, Carl Brooks, the Bowling Green defensive end, I think is a better player than most people think. I don't even think he was invited to the combine. But, um, but Brooks is, is a player that I think has, has potential. Um, Nick Hampton from Appalachian State is another name, fourth, fifth round, that, that could wind up being productive. Moro Ojomo, the defensive end from Texas. So those are a few guys. And, and then Yaya Diaby from Louisville, really productive this last year. I like his traits. I think I think he is probably a third round pick, third, fourth round, early fourth round could wind up being a, a, a steal in this year's draft too. So again, we focus on the first round pick because that's the sexy one, right? That's the one everyone gets excited about. That's the one where everyone knows their name. It's like Cheers, right? Everyone knows your name. Are you singing that one too, Lindsay? I, I've been to the Cheers bar. Have but, you? But I did have. you sing it? Uh, I did not. I threw up in a trash can outside of that place, but you know, it seemed like they were having just as good of a time in there. Did you? Oh, so you didn't go inside inside? No, no. It was always. I think they tore it down now because it was in Faneuil Hall in Boston, and I'm a huge fan of the establishment that is Sissy Case, just around the corner. But um, no, I did not partake. Didn't seem like it was my crowd. You know, if I was gonna go there, which I mean, if I was gonna go there is a big word. I would definitely have gone in, and I would have tried to be Norm. Because I feel like I got some Norm tendencies. Sure. You know, I think that I think me and Norm could have kicked it. Like, back in the day, I mean, you were probably That's still. That's a bartender guy, right? I mean, you know, it's just as a dude. Like, yeah, I, it's I just think, a guy. Yeah, I think me and Norm could have just kicked it. Like, you and Norm. I would have walked in, Norm, Q, what up, dog? What up? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think that's how we were at the road. Yeah. That's just how I get down. I'm friends with everybody. You know that. Yeah. 
it's a great uh, attribute to have in this business. It really is. It honestly <laughs> is. That's why we are in this business. It really is. But there you go, Todd McShay on some uh, late round edge rushers. I know you said that you had, uh, you know, you had jumped into this uh, this topic that we had on the show today, and you had a couple. Uh, players that were kind of flying yeah. under the radar as well that you I did wanted to some, bring to the I table. I did some reading. Uh, that, that SIS database that you have uh, illuminated me to earlier on in the week based on your guests in this show has kicked out the name Mikel Jones because mm. I'm all about the linebacker life because I, I know that everybody's probably heard me beat it into the ground since I've been on the show this week. I want the short flats and, and slants taken care of. And this guy, based on how they describe any six-foot uh, 229, a little bit undersized, but he swims through coverage rather than confronting. They said he's not going to go and take on someone, right, right. but he finds a way to stay loose and stay free. Uh, a good tackler, special teams experience. He's more of a first and second down guy who's good in the blitz and spy to stare down the QB and the screen pass game. And as I asked Vinny earlier, yeah. considering the quarterbacks that we have to go up against in this division, you usually have someone whose main focus is what's the quarterback doing? Let's try to contain them in the best way that we have scouted uh, to do so. And so it would be a, a later round guy. Again, he's a he's a uh, MLB from Syracuse and uh, he's not the highest rated linebacker, but it certainly seems like he has some attributes that I think would be uniquely suited to the what this team needs right now. You know, and to get him started, special teams, you mentioned, you know, he can be a special teams ace, right? Yeah. I mean, there's he's there's, already used to it. You don't have to have him to tell him to get used to it. Exactly. There's there's multiple sides to the team, right? There's offense, there's defense, and there's special teams. And I know people don't want to hear special teams ace, but if that's how you you kind of sharpen your teeth and get you know get your feet wet in the NFL, that's how you do it, and then you you continue to develop. So that Absolutely. could be one. You got another one for me, or no? I mean, I have a couple. There's a, a couple of guards out of UCLA that are that are rated pretty okay. high. You we'll got, save those. We'll save, save the those. offensive guys. Save yeah. the offensive we guys. We did all the defense, but okay. we'll, we'll do offense. We'll flip the offense on the other side. Matter of fact, we got some sound from Todd McShay. We'll talk a little quarterbacks and uh, the tight end class. People have talked about that. We'll get Lindsay's under the radar guys on the offensive side, but we also want to hear from you at 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Who's a draft prospect that you got your eye on? that you think are flying under the radar, let us know about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. It's been a fun show, I'll tell you that. we got to do this more often. Vinny Bonsignor, Stefan Kreischnick, Paloma Villacana, James Arcelana, all been our guests, but really been having a lot of fun with Raider Nation, calling in, texting in, tweeting in. 702-365-9200, and of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Lindsey Brown been holding it down for DeMond as he is on vacation. Have to keep Lindsey around. She's going to have to do this more often. You're pretty funny. And you know, the funny thing is, what I say when I say you're pretty funny. Thank you. One, you start singing Kelly Clarkson out of nowhere, which I totally threw me for a loop, which is fine. That's cool, right? Because the reaction that I gave you was 100% natural. But also the reaction that we got from Raider Nation was fantastic. Yeah. We had Elliot. I've never heard Elliot ever call the station, no. ever. It's a new loyal listener. He called to check me on making sure I didn't get up on game when it comes to Kelly Clarkson. I think that that was fantastic. Real right? recognizes real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not going to – look, I ain't that real. <laughs> I, I like to keep it real, but I ain't that real. So I, I'm, I'm probably not going to go and dibble and dabble in any Kelly Clarkson. But the response that we got from that was fantastic. And you never know what's going to do it for someone. So Keith hits us up on Twitter. Q. I'll say what you're thinking. That Kelly Clarkson impress- impression sounded like you were drowning a cat. Wow. Okay. First of all, I would never say that I'm I'm doing an impression because I feel like that would be disrespectful to Kelly Clarkson. Like the only impressions I could do are like Stitch from Little and Stitch and like Gollum from. What uh, was that? Stitch. 
Who's that? Dude, I got voices. I was an only child. I spent a lot of time. <laughs> I was here. too, but damn. Well, come on, Q. We all had our things. You didn't talk to yourself in little voices and stuff. I did. I did. I always said no, never in little voices, because that's weird. But I, okay. I talked to myself. I always worked out the argument in my head, right? Like if I ever sure. had, if I had a situation, like if I had to go home and tell my mom some bad news, like I, I gave my side of it. I right. gave her side of it. I gave my side. I gave her side back. And ninety-nine percent of the time, I won that conversation. She understood. Yeah. Until I actually got home and really tried it out for real. And then, it, I, and then I, all the I contingency lost. plans didn't didn't work out right, for you. Right, exactly. Like, this is what she'll say, and then this is what she'll <laughs> say, and that is not what happened at all. No, because if you lose your own argument with yourself, then then that's kind of weird, too. You can't do that. I mean, or you're just a really good arguer. That's all I do all day, just like every little micro decision. Like, is this the best option for us? <laughs> and it just... it. Picking out lunch turns into an hour and a half predicament. It's not great. Lindsay, you need you need you need a little something something. I need <laughs> I need yeah. You need I'm, a, a little... I'm a high performance individual that is uh, looking for a treadmill somewhere. So I am not mad at you. Get your treadmill on. I'll tell you what. Uh, the Raiders are looking for a quarterback. I know they have a quarterback at Jimmy G. I don't want to sound disrespectful, but we know that they've got to find a guy at some point that's going to be quarterback of the future, whether that's this year, next year, whenever the case may be. Of course, Jimmy G is under contract for a while. But Todd McShay, who was from ESPN, I was on his uh, pre-draft conference call just yesterday, and he was talking about uh, the quarterbacks. And I thought he was asked a really good question. Why is it so tough evaluating quarterbacks when they're leaving college and coming to the NFL? I mean, we could go into a 15, 20-minute conversation about evaluating quarterbacks there's obviously there's a lot to it so much I think it's that gets overlooked in terms of like how comfortable are they in in their skin who are they as a person what's their you know true level of football intelligence and and how do they translate what they they learn on film and in in the meeting rooms to the field you know that it kind of starts there for me and and that's the hardest thing to uncover because it's not necessarily all like shows up easily to see on tape uh and then obviously like the traits to me the most important traits of mental makeup and accuracy and then and then you get into arm strength and mobility and all that but the game is changing too and mobility used to be kind of lowest on the list and and it's it's increasingly becoming more important at that position especially for young guys i think you know when you evaluate quarterbacks early in their career do they have them they're not going to have all the answers to the test when they take the snap you know the the snapshot pre-snap and then see what what how everything has changed post-snap you know it's too much for a lot of rookies to to be able to to diagnose and to understand so they're going to make mistakes and all rookies make a lot more mistakes than than veteran guys do for an obvious reason and so having that mobility as a fallback and, and to be able to bail out with your feet has, has really helped a lot of these younger guys. Like Josh Allen, that was huge early in his career. It still is a big part of his game. But early in his career to get out of trouble. Jalen Hurts, the same thing. Lamar Jackson. Like, these guys have all developed into better pocket passers as their career has progressed. But to have that early in their career as a, as a break glass in case of emergency, and there just so happens to be a lot, a lot more emergencies when you're a rookie quarterback compared to years two, three, and four. So, you know, that part has become, you know, a, a much more important part of the evaluation with, with these quarterbacks coming up because it's a different game than it was five, seven, ten years ago. Supporting cast, the system they're in, like Hendon Hooker becomes a harder evaluation because you don't see a lot of that system, you know, that Art Bryles system in the NFL. So like, 
how much was uh, was manufactured for him versus how much and a lot of half field reads instead of full field reads and then you got to get to know him and study him and the reports from all the every team I've talked to is he's done a great job in getting on the board and understands concepts and can go back to his Virginia Tech playbook and recite everything like he was playing in it yesterday like that's part of like why it's so important with the quarterbacks to have individual time, private workouts, private meetings, you know, to really study their brain and how they learn. So, you know, that, there's so many complications to, to the, the quarterback position, but those, those are just a few of them. So there you go. Todd McShay breaking it down right there. Why it's so tough evaluating quarterbacks. And, and it really is. There's so many times that we start looking at quarterbacks like that guy is a sure shot. There's no doubt about it. And, and in this year's draft, there's no Trevor Lawrence, right? There's no Andrew Luck. There's no, I mean, guys uh, of recent, like Justin Herberts, in, in my opinion. Uh, you know, there's no Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, there's they're talking about that could be potentially uh, Anthony Richardson. Maybe that's potentially Will Levis. Who, who knows? But I feel like there's so many questions, and it's so easy to kind of get caught up in, okay, well, they could do that. They potentially could do that. Like even Bryce Young, he's a guy that, in my, my opinion, has the it factor. But then there's always going to be the, is he going to be able to hang up and hold up to the NFL game because he's, you know, so small? C.J. Stroud, is he going to be able to break, break glass in, in case of emergency and get out of the pocket? He didn't do it a lot at Ohio State. He showed against Georgia he could do it, but he just didn't do it a lot. So is he going to do that in the NFL, or is he going to just stand in the pocket and try to pick you apart? And we've seen that before, and it doesn't necessarily work all the time. I will say what feels different about this year is that the teams that are going to end up selecting these quarterbacks, and typically when you're picking towards the top of the draft, things aren't really going super well for no you. No doubt. I feel like they're set up a lot better for success than the last previous few quarterbacks have been. If you just think about like Houston mm-hmm. and, and what they've been able to accumulate asset-wise, and granted – I wasn't a Bill O'Brien fan. I don't really agree with how they've handled the last few seasons, right. especially with their hiring practices at the coaching position and everything else. Yeah. But at some point, they have to start moving in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think they have some some good guys in there. I'm a huge fan of their – is it D'Amico Ryans? Oh, right? D'Amico. Yeah, D'Amico. D'Amico. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and so when you have even the worst teams that have a little bit of insulation, have that capital, I think it's going to set these guys up better, whether they're sitting and, and learning or if they're starting right away – because it's all so confidence-based. Right. It's all about making sure that that internal clock as they're processing doesn't get sped up to the point where it gets stuck and you start you know, chasing ghosts or running away from ghosts, I suppose, from a quarterback in the, in the pocket position. And so it's, uh, it's a crapshoot for sure. No, it is. And the thing about it in, in the Raiders uh, you know, instance, they have a really good roster. On, offensively, they have yeah. a really good roster in place. A lot of place. outlets for you to feel comfortable with. Exactly. I mean, yep. you know – not to bring up Derek Carr, but he didn't go into the league with Devontae Adams to throw the ball to, <laughs> right? He right. didn't go into having Jacoby Myers. He didn't have, you know, a Josh Jacobs that he can hand the ball off to, Hunter Renfro. I mean, this is really an offense that if a quarterback were to step in there and play uh, sooner rather than later, you feel pretty confident that, okay, at least they have, you know, some some adequate weapons to get the ball to and right. feel confident in, of course. So, you know, that's, that's one thing. We know Josh McDaniel's system is pretty uh, complicated, so if they sat for a while and learned behind Jimmy G and with Brian Hoyer as, you know, as a, as a coach kind of on the field as well, that can help their, in their development. Sometimes, Lindsay, it's as easy as you got to have a better landing spot, right? Sometimes yeah. where the landing spot kills a, 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 a player. It just Absolutely. doesn't do them good. It's all about fit, personality, everything, support. It's all so, so important. It really, really is. Albert Breer, Monday Morning Quarterback, put out the tweet earlier today. The Raiders have each of the top five quarterbacks in the draft 
coming in for 30 visits. Bama's Bryce Young is in Vegas today. Florida's Anthony Richardson will be in tomorrow. Ohio State's C.J. Stroud and Tennessee's Hendon Hooker arrive next week. Uh, of course, Kentucky's Will Levis already visited. So that was, of course, uh, from Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback. And that just lets you know the Raiders are doing all their due diligence on all the quarterbacks. They're doing it on the cornerbacks, defensive linemen, and a whole lot more. We're, you know, about three weeks out, so it should get interesting. Make sure you're waking up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920.